Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the Provoke podcast. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, the EMEA editor at Provoke Media, and I'm joined in London today with my very first guest from Berlin, Tilo Bono, the founder and CEO of Piabo, which specialises in supporting challenger technology and digital brands from investors to tech heavyweights uh, all the way from Europe to Silicon Valley. Tilo set up the agency in 2006 and unusually in the tech industry also walks the talk. He mentors entrepreneurs and startup accelerators and incubators and also acts as a business angel and investor via a number of venture capital funds. So we'll be talking a little bit about that later. Um, But Tilo's here mainly to talk about Clubhouse, the new social um, media platform that everyone's talking about, who is an early adopter um, of the platform. And he's going to give us his top tips on navigating and making the most of Clubhouse. And in fact, Tilo very kindly joined the stage at Provoke's first Clubhouse room uh, yesterday, where Arun and I hosted a conversation about mental health and PR. So he's clearly already a pro, I can say from first-hand knowledge. Tilo, welcome to the Provoke podcast. Maya, thanks for having me. Um, how are you doing this week? How are things in Germany? Very good. I hope uh, that next week I can go to a hairdresser after <laughs> more than, I think, three months. So I'm um, good that we have an audio podcast, not a video podcast right now. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, point taken. I, I empathize entirely. So tell us, give us a bit of a briefing note on what what is Clubhouse? What's all the fuss about? I think basically it's an audio-based social network, right? I mean, imagine when Twitter is like a kind of public short message, it is like a public conference call. So it's part conference call, part talkback radio, part house party, right? And um, it's really a social networking app uh, that is based on audio chat and users can listen to conversations, interviews and discussions between interesting people and of course various topics. And it's just like tuning in to a live podcast and but of course um, with an added layer of, of um, exclusivity. So it's really fascinating and I think everyone as we of course also say to our clients has to find channels where they feel most comfortable and some people are um, good in writing right and they like to write long form articles and for them maybe a medium blog is is, is cool as a channel Um, others are maybe good in producing visual content right and for them maybe instagram is cool or they're good on camera and maybe youtube is a channel where they feel um authentic and can be there yourself and of course many people also are good um in rhetoric and have good um kind of expression when they talk and are very good at uh, speaking and for them maybe clubhouse is then also a good uh, platform and especially when they uh, might already uh, have um, experience with audio formats, like maybe they have their own podcasts, etc. Uh, Clubhouse is a natural extension. Um, so when did you first hear about Clubhouse and get involved? 
So first of all, it was um, roughly in May 2020 um, as they received their first investment from Andreessen Horowitz. And as we're really close with the investors community, then of course, then we're checking out what is this all about. And I did some then research about and reached out to some people to, to understand what it is all about because usually then six months later, such uh, things then also arrive here in, in continental Europe. Uh, so I wanted to, of course, be an early adapter and understand. And then um, an investor from London, Alexander Straub um, invited me um, to the platform, sent me an invitation. And it was uh, right before um, the hype also here in Germany um, started. So I had a bit time to figure it all out. And uh, yeah, I'm still very excited. And I mean, uh, latest news that they received 110 million um, dollar in funding. That's absolutely um, fascinating. And yeah, I hope uh, that it will yeah, has the, the big potential to become a company like um, what Twitter is for, for short messages or um, other platforms in their um, sectors. Um, I think they have a bright future. That's really interesting because obviously with any new platform, there's lots of debate about whether it's going to be a flash in the pan and, you know, a short-lived a uh, brightly burning star that, that nobody remembers in a couple of years. Do you actually think this has uh, longevity, this idea? 100% because, I mean, of course, there will be uh, other platforms that copying. I mean, we saw um, Instagram... So Facebook copying um, story features and other functionalities from uh, Snapchat, for example, etc. Or we see now uh, Twitter has uh, their spaces, which is basically um, Clubhouse inside Twitter. Of course, there will um, be kind of copies or copycats. That's clear. But I mean, um, I think every platform has his uh, target group and a special uh, use cases. So I'm especially audio. I mean, we see it um, with podcasts, but such a big market um, audio is and we are just at the beginning i mean don't forget that uh, clubhouse right now is only accessible for users of um, iphones as we speak and this is maybe 20 percent of the market right so imagine when it now opens up to android users and um really gets um, now when you see people from Japan um, from all over the world are um, joining step by step and it's it's actually really at the beginning it's a different kind of um, platform right? it, it, I mean when you see Facebook where you're more with your friends family and maybe colleagues or LinkedIn which is very of course clearly a business um, network or YouTube where you have from music videos to to um, explainers and how to tutorials etc Clubhouse is here also in his um, way very unique and you see that often people who are also um, heavy listeners from podcasts or podcasts or audio producers by themselves or coming from from radio or different kind of backgrounds um, in this um, audio field they are now um, on the platform using it and um, I think definitely yeah there will be a bright uh, future I'm sure. That's really that's really good to hear yeah I think the I think that the, the kind of the double layer of exclusivity where it's still iPhone only and you have to be invited to join has, has been the thing that's irritated quite a few people. A lot of the naysayers mm -hmm. haven't actually been on, on Clubhouse. And, the, you know, there's been some, some chat about whether, you know, that exclusivity means it runs counter to, uh, you know, the current focus on diversity and inclusion um, I mean, I would say that, you know, Arun and I have both been struck by how diverse the people using Clubhouse are far more than any other platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. And please... 
please don't forget that every network often starts with kind of an exclusive invite-only approach. Don't forget that also Facebook started um, as you couldn't only sign up when you had the dot edu so education email address right that was how facebook actually started so i think of course right now club is not a role model for inclusive inclusivity and and and, and diversity but um, this is not the point they are right at the beginning right it will over the next 12 months they will of course open up and they will um, become also um, rid of uh, the, the the invite uh, systematic and of course a lot of things will change i think it's still a young young startup so give them a bit of time <laughs> yeah but i mean also i mean i think it's a positive that there's so many black entrepreneurs there's so many people of color Absolutely. all sorts of creative industries on there Absolutely. and it feels like it, it feels more diverse than many other platforms already yeah. And it includes also people who may be excluded also on other platforms. So, for example, uh, uh, there was one in one of my um, chats, a uh, lady who said that she is um, legasthenic. Um, I don't know if that is correct translation from Germany. So when you're not good at in, in writing and maybe make mistakes in writing. And so she said, um, I have strong opinions. And it is the first platform where, where I find my way of expression because writing articles and blog posts is not my thing because of my, um, my uh, disability. Um, and for her, it's opened up a, t a total um, new world. And so I think, um, um, again, that it's important to find your platform where you feel comfortable and can be authentic and yourself. And I think uh, that, um, of course, um, iPhones are um, a premium product and there's a certain group also of early adopters um, uses um, iPhones, but it's temporary, right? It will open up and become even more diverse and inclusive in the future. So what, how do you use Clubhouse? What, what's your kind of pattern of interaction with it and what have your experiences been yeah. on the platform? Yeah. Um, I mean, as Piabo, we um, developed a format that we are using as an employer branding um, format where we um, have a very... Um, different kind of people from our team who um, talking about their um, experience, what they're working on, how they work, how they interact, how they see the future um, of PR. And it's a, a kind of an internal um, uh, panel, but it's very interesting. We already see three, four um, applications out of Clubhouse because people felt, oh, that's um, how Piabo works. And that's how their culture, values, and vision, mission is. So that was quite fascinating. So that's one um, way of using it. I think um, I personally use it also for networking. I have my own format. It called translated, um, who are you and what are you doing? So people introducing yourself. And it was already fascinating that I had um, some founders um, on the panel and also some investors. So they found together live on, on, on stage or one uh, journalist who found a story from a fintech entrepreneur, very um, uh, interesting. And they reached, uh, yeah, connected them uh, later. So networking is definitely one thing. And by the way, when we're talking about diversity and inclusivity, it of course also depends on the moderator and the host to include um, uh, and make sure that the group is uh, diverse and the, the format is, is Uh, kind of in inclusive it is not just about uh, the app and the technology behind it it's also about the people who are using it and who you integrate another way of using it um 
I moderated also some panels um, for clients um, that uh, in their industry um, built up um, panels. So, for example, in, in prop tech um, and also in, in fintech, for example, where they asked me um, to host and, and moderate a panel for them. Um, right now, a lot of journalists are also um, on there. So I think in every talk, we had several um, journalists and, and influencers listening. So definitely also interesting here. But in general, I think it's also a great tool for for positioning a company, uh, building trust that you hear and listen to uh, the, the people behind a company. And of course, it helps also for personal branding. There were several um, people who then founded a group or uh, already implemented regular formats. So for example, one of the first groups in Germany was uh, the FinTech Friday, right? Where then um, people uh, from the FinTech industry uh, came together and discussed the industry. So these are right now the use cases that, that um, I see. And of course, also brands trying to uh, right now to use it. I uh, was part of a panel, um, a, a group that was uh, hosted by Ben and Jerry's and they had, had an ice fluence. I didn't know that <laughs> such influences also. I would love to be an ice fluencer and um, it was fascinating to see how they talked about um, um, all this uh, yeah different kind of stuff so it's it's really cool and, and interesting right now and a lot of of course uh, trying because i mean as a brand right what is the voice of a brand it's a very interesting question um, i think right is it i mean in other when you for example on twitter or in other channels you can just write a post for your CEO and then he posts it and, and then um, you you um, yeah, never know, right, um, who's actually sending it. But on Clubhouse, it's a voice. So now brands start asking a question, who's actually the voice of your brand? And maybe the CEO is, um, is with uh, her profile, for example, on and not just you see the logo from the, uh, from the brand and you don't know who's behind it. So it's quite interesting what kind of questions here um, arise. So you think there is actually scope for brands to use Clubhouse as part of their communication strategy, not just dipping a toe in and, and messing around while it's a young platform, but actually as a serious channel? Absolutely. It's for trust building, interesting, especially also for topics that are a bit more, um, maybe um, need more explanation and more context around it. So definitely. And of course, it depends also what kind of formats you choose and what kind of use cases. So for example, um, uh, some do a kind of a daily regular show like we know it from um, from radio other hosting panel discussions um, include includes different kind of uh, formats uh, to certain topics about tech or politics marketing diversity hr startups whatever um, but also Clubhouse and um, itself is like a huge, uh, like a mega audio bar camp, right? So um, people um, asking the question, okay, what kind of setup is the best? Do you hear me well? Uh, microphone setups or technical setups, right? But also like Q&A sessions. Um, you can have also informal meetings because not every meeting has to be uh, public. Um, certain discussions, uh, podcast hosts using it to extend their podcast and have like kind of after show parties. I talked to several conference organizers who said, oh, it's actually cool that people who couldn't join the conference or want to um, talk with the speakers afterwards to extend it with such kind of formats or also parallel to big events in sports or TV shows to use it and discuss. So there are yeah, a lot of interesting um, use cases. And also we see here um, in Europe also several media uh, brands and journalists are launch their own formats to discuss certain articles or give interview partners um, additional stage. So yeah, it's really exciting.
I'm literally writing notes as you're talking. We didn't we didn't do the rehearsal of the podcast beforehand. This is all brand new to me. I love this idea of after show parties, watch parties for sports and and cultural events because that's you know that's a, that's something we've been missing so much, isn't it? And finding a way that's not just a WhatsApp chat after what you know you've you leave the you leave the room after an awards do and you go downstairs to your front room at the moment. So that would be a brilliant thing to do as a, as a kind of a private <laughs> private party, especially conference organizers yeah. um, asking themselves how will the, uh, the future look like? Can we have ever be such big events with thousand and ten thousand of uh, people? and how can we integrate it? And there was a, several discussions from podcast um, hosts that said, mm, will it actually um, kill um, a podcast or is it more like an addition, right? Um, will we lose audiences um, now? Because now it's like a, like a call-in show on radio, right? Everyone can participate. It's very interactive, et cetera, uh, versus a podcast um, like we're having right now where it's more like a one-on-one conversation um, where others can't participate. So it's quite interesting. And I think there's still a lot of open questions but it's the exciting thing when new technologies arise new platforms arise um, there's a lot of uh, try and error and um, it's it's I, i find personally very fascinating and super cool yeah i loved diving in yesterday i was a bit nervous i have to admit but it's surprising how comfortable it is doing something where you're not on screen as well absolutely people got used to it's actually it feels really natural and it feels I mean, we were discussing how we would use it. Yeah. You can next time do it from a bathtub, yeah? So well, we, could, we could, without too much splashing around. I love the idea that it's, you know, we do a lot of podcasts and we do a lot of quite formal events with panel sessions. Mm, I love mm. that it's something, it's kind of in the middle. It's neither one nor the other. It's not going to replace anything we already do. It's like an additional layer of interaction with yeah. with our audiences who are very, you know, you know what comms people are like. They all want to have a chat about something. So it's... um. I felt like yesterday in our first session, it was a bit like having a private room in a really good bar right. where, you know, you have a host who's <laughs> buying the drinks and there's a topic for discussion, but actually it was a really safe space, which a lot of people said as well. You can, it, oddly enough, even if it's a public um, room, it can feel quite safe sure. and intimate. And I think because it's not being recorded or broadcast, it's like you're there or you're not there. So Especially um, for also uh, the same, I think, applies like for B2B brands when they have a podcast. It's not purely about the amount of people. It's about the right people and the quality of people. And I think it's the same that applies also in the future for, for, for conferences um, even more, that it's not about uh, having 5,000 or 10,000 people there. It's about the 100, 200, 300 right people that really um, can make meaningful conversations and, and business together and, and a meaningful exchange. So um, especially when it's about B2B um, uh, topics. I think it's really about um, the quality of the people and not about the pure um, amount, right? So um, it depends, of course, on the use cases, um, but also here quality is uh, key. And like, while we're, while we're being honest about how all the possibilities of Clubhouse, what are the worst things about it? <laughs> I mean, right now, of course, there is a lack of uh, functionality. I think that will then also, when the, um, the app gets more uh, mature, that you um, have then, of course, the possibility um, to maybe record it um, and have it like a like a pre-recorded podcast um, uh, and more also filter and search functionalities and also suggestions for great um, rooms and discussions. And um, I mean, of course, right now, um, there are a lot of rooms where it's a bit chaotic and of course, you need a good moderator. That's very important, right? If um, you are not a good moderator and um, don't uh, follow certain kind of rules, your room 
easily um, gets into a mess. So um, having a good moderator and making sure you're joining rooms where professional moderators um, are, or people have a natural talent for it, that's super, so important that all makes or breaks um, the entire um, the entire show. And But still, I think we're all in a learning um, uh, process and have a very, very uh, good learning curve here. And um, there are also rooms that discussing how to moderate a room in best possible way, how to um, manage also how you how you handle with trolls um, etc so um, I think yeah there's still a, a big learning curve but I think over time when more functionalities are added and there are more also possibilities to promote um, your um, uh, your shows that you have also it's easier than to to apply or to to um, at certain groups um, um, etc then of course it will be much more um, attractive but the more people are coming off of course also people that you maybe don't want on this platform like and all social media platforms will be there so I think here is also important for the platform to have early on then also filters and mechanisms how you can And report uh, people with which they have already, um, but also how it works when uh, certain topics uh, arise that you don't want to have um, on the platform. But still, again, it's a startup, right? It's <laughs> a good year in the business, so we should be patient. Yeah, it's really interesting, like that that meta nature of it, where there's clubhouse rooms on how to run a clubhouse room. You can't just disappear <laughs> into a clubhouse rabbit hole, can't you? Sometimes it's very absolutely. And um, what would your tops? top tips be for any comms professional who's maybe joined followed a few people but hasn't really dived in yet what how how do you best get started i think important is to have a good profile that explains who you are and what you stand for because when a moderator sees that you're raising your hand and don't know who you are and what you might talk about it's always a bit harder because it's a little bit like a black box right you see a picture maybe and there's someone who has maybe whatever 100 followers and say hmm, uh, who is this and what kind of context i could expect because it makes them it easier for the moderator to decide who you um, uh, get on stage um, or not that's i think the first thing have your profile clear second is um, make sure that your audio setup um, is good, that it's not noisy and that you have a quiet environment, stable internet connection because here, um, that's the thing that you always say with, with Zoom, right? Even, the, even the, the, the video maybe doesn't work or is a bit pixely, but audio is key, right? Imagine a phone call where the audio quality is not good, that it's here really double, um, double key. And three is really um, be clear um, what you stand for, what you want to talk about, and that you really provide a qualitative um, um, content um, that you not just jump on every stage just for the sake of being on stage and uh, promoting yourself. It's really important that you ask a question that you're uh, in, in the topic and that you really um, provide good value to the panel and um, for the host and not make them uh, lose their face because you're um, just wanted to give your own um, opinion and comment and not really participating and listening also. It's not about talking, it's also about listening in, in a clubhouse. And um, I think if you're really interested, really um, make subscription to certain kind of people not just follow them there's also a little bell in, uh, beside the the following button that you get also notifications uh, for people who are really providing good quality content that you're really interested in and listen um listen before you speak yeah that's a really good tip uh the listening thing it's <laughs> it's very easy isn't it to to get into a, a 
a room I found where somebody is just talking and talking and it's a little bit of... And maybe also, as I stressed the point, the quality of, of, of a moderator, maybe I can also share two, three tips from a moderator side because as PR and comms pros, we are, I think, easily in the position where we come into situations where we also in a, in a, in a moderator position. I think one of the mistakes that I always observe is that people starting too late. I think when you open a room or moderating it, start talking, start engaging with the people because saying, oh, yeah, hello now we're waiting three minutes until the room fills up it will not happen because for a simple reason if you don't provide any content people going there seeing nothing happens and and go again right at least introduce already the people talk a bit uh, what people can expect here in the room and so you can bridge the first two or three um, uh, minutes until the room fills up but don't be quiet that that's really <laughs> a very very common mistakes that i see all the time and also make clear what kind of rules apply right do you allow questions yes or not do you allow um, uh, comments what are the 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 the, the, um, the yeah terms and conditions for your room and for um uh, for the panel And I think also here, like every good podcast, preparation in, is key. Um, I make also clear who has which role, right? I think the moderator who also uh, navigates a bit and manages also the requests from the audience. I think that's very important and don't have too much people um, on the panel that can also easily create a mess. Okay. So did we do a good job yesterday? Fantastic, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> already a role model, already a role model. <laughs> <laughs> I'll transfer the cash later. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so tell me, that's honestly, that's just so useful personally. And I think this is, uh, you know, uh, we'll be sharing this podcast uh, far and wide because I think everyone wants to know how to make the most of it if they're on there and not sure at the moment. How are things, more generally, how are things going at Piabo at the moment? I mean, the last... Uh... 12 months have been, of course, I think, like in every firm, uh, really crazy. Um, and um, as the pandemic hit in uh, February, March, of course, for everyone, it was a shock moment. Say, oh, my God, uh, how, will, how will it go? But I think, um, of course, um, there were two things. First of all, as uh, Piabo focusing clearly on tech, digital, innovative uh, companies, challenger brands, etc., cetera, um, and their, their investors, um, of course, everyone quickly realized, oh my God, technology is our future. And everyone, of course, wanted to buy um, tech products for their companies that helps them to digitize, to manage home office, things like that. So um, uh, of course, um, it was good that we are uh, focusing on this um, industry. And um, we also launched, um, that was actually planned before, but it was very timely, our um, health tech um, unit um, that was uh, quite cool and good timing. Um, right before we had our um, launched our new uh, green tech and sustainability uh, unit that was of course also um, a big and very successful um, topic for us. And of course, we invested heavily in all things um, uh, digital. We ramped up our team there because everyone who relied on physical um, uh, connections, um, going to events, going to uh, yeah, physical um, business development, exchanging contacts, networking, of course, now asked the question, oh my God, how can we um, be visible and how we can we increase our digital visibility? So um, investing in more um, uh, LinkedIn, for example, capabilities, podcast production, uh, video, um, uh, things like that. We did several TikTok and, and other campaigns. Um, that was really interesting. Also, when it comes to our smart manufacturing um, practice, um, of course, all the topics around industry 4.0 um, um, was very good. Employer branding, very 
important topic. I think it's now part of literally every um, campaign because um, um, many companies are still, um, of course, growing, looking for the best talent, um, offering now remote work, etc. So there's a totally different way of also how you digitally um, do your employer branding, communicating your values, your, your vision, your mission, making uh, the people visible also in times where we are all home and not on stages um, or conferences um, yeah so uh, knocking um, on wood we still had from um, a double digit uh, grows and um, so we are very um, humble and very um, thankful for the developments and um, it's, it was a really fascinating and wild ride the last 12 months yeah yeah absolutely wild <laughs> ride that is all uh, a good way of summing it up but it sounds like you've uh you have very much ridden that roller coaster. I was really fascinating when we were talking before we started about um, your mentoring and being a business angel investor. What's it like when you see those kind of fledgling startups start to grow up and be successful? Have any actually come back to you as a client? I mean, this is really something that is very close to my heart because I'm a strong believer in giving first before you take. And I think mentoring uh, young entrepreneurs and helping them on their way um, to grow and, and thrive, it's really something that is um, absolute passion of mine. And there are several cases where we early on um, mentored and helped um, in a mentor um, role um, to give them a PR workshop or, or storytelling help or some introduction to journalists things like that and then after a couple of years when they made their series a and beyond uh, they came back and say now uh, we can afford to be your client or help us to grow and this is really really um, uh, fascinating and um also when it comes to, of course, business angel investments or when you're supporting venture capital funds, I think more and more um, also the investment professionals realize how important good communication is because only when a startup um, has good communication, it also has impact on so many areas, right? Employ uh, branding, finding the best talents is always a big challenge for startups because no, nobody knows them. And, and it's, of course, also for the uh, for the new teammate um, risk. So, yeah, they want to know what are they standing for, etc. But also very important for the investors that they get visibility in the investors community that other, um, let's say, for example, growth investors uh, grabbing their attention that because startups are always uh, in fundraising mode and they always need um, uh, new funding. So it's important to be visible also here, but also too, when it comes to shrinking sales cycles, for example, um, um, things like that. This is very, very important. So I think the collaboration with the investors and venture capital funds, they have an intrinsic motivation that their companies are uh, visible and uh, having a good uh, reputation. And I think here both comes together, fame and money. <laughs> and this is, uh, um, I think, um, a very cool um, combination. And we are very proud of being a deep part of the community. And I think that pays off that we have this clear um, focus um, and we can really dive deep in understanding the business models, understanding the culture, understanding the companies in growth mode. Um, and this is uh, fascinating and challenging at the same time. Oh, it must be so satisfying knowing that as a comms professional, you are in at the start of shaping that business as well. And, you know, you're, the closeness with which you can prove 
what you've done has you know helped them raise more series a funding than they would have absolutely, done otherwise absolutely. and it works it is really funny i mean it really really works we see like last week we had a we had a um, article interview from one of our fintech clients in a very specialized um, fintech blog and they called afterwards said wow with this article from this kind of niche industry influ influence uh, medium a blog um, we received four high quality triple a investment um, calls to reach out to us one to talk to us they would be so thankful um, and this is always uh, nice to see when you really can make an actual impact and on the other hand for our team it's also of course fascinating to be really at the forefront of technology to learn about the latest developments and as we have i think 50 percent of our clients are silicon valley um, tech heavyweights um, to really working um, um, with these kind of um, up and coming um, new latest technologies and introducing it to our society and to there to the industry that's really something that um, is fascinating and makes it also for the team exciting because uh, they are working today on topics that are tomorrow reality and changing all our lives that's just so cool love it um we we should probably wrap up now though i could speak to you all afternoon personally tilo what lockdown habits are you going to be continuing when we come out of the other side other than growing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, at least I have a little bit of hair. It's not enough, but uh, there is still a bit hair left uh, that grows. Uh, but yeah, personally, I mean, um, I mean, the good thing is, even before the pandemic, uh, we structured um, our company in a way that we are offered um, home office, but also, of course, uh, remote work, which simply um, the reason is that most of our uh, clients are everywhere in the world, in the US and, and in Asia. And so it really doesn't matter where people are and where they're based. So that, of course, helps also when it comes to recruiting. So these kind of habits that we are fostering it and being um, having this hybrid model between our headquarter, of course, in Berlin, but also remote hubs and remote um, teams. That's really something that we learned since many, many years that was not new to us. And I think that's why we also um, um, sustained and, and, and made it so, uh, yeah, developed so fantastic over the last 12 months, even in the midst of a, of a global pandemic. And personally for me, I mean, I'm, love to connect with people i'm missing totally um to meet people to to meet our friends and partners um all around the world and um, but i see at the same time that it's not um, necessary to be all the time um in, in the office and I see what work and what not. I miss the serendipity just meeting um, uh, colleagues on the in the hallway and say, hey, how's it going? How's uh, client XYZ uh, doing? How are you feeling? Um, what can I do for you? And of course, I think these serendipities make at least 10% of, of our um, business. At the same time, um, um, it of course gives more flexibility to everyone that uh, pitches that uh, certain kind of discussions and uh, meetups can also be in held totally um, virtual with all the technologies uh, that are here. And also, by the way, for us, it was always normal, but often it was then, of course, uh, the clients that say, oh, can you come to Amsterdam or Paris or to London um, for your pitch? And I think there will be a lot of wind of change and that's totally fine. And um, um, yeah, I think um, it's just fantastic to see that now it was the pandemic also, when you want to see it positive, also an a accelerator for digitization that even the most conservative companies that uh, um, was shy using certain kind of tools and technology etc now um, opening up and b it shows also everyone that also remote work and home office is um, possible or not just one day a week or with certain kind of um, 
as a limitation, but that is part of our the future of work from all of us. And um, I think it was like a, for everyone who wasn't that open-minded in the past, really kind of a, um, a push. Um, and of course, some a bit pushed over the edge maybe, um, but sometimes you need these kind of events to really change something substantially. And I think it's uh, when there's a positive thing about the pandemic is that was really the learning curve from all of us was really, really, really big. Mm, no, it's been huge. And I, I was, I miss serendipity too. That was one of the things I was talking to some of my friends about the other day, just bumping into people and making those connections. But, you know, coming back to our original point, maybe there's room for that serendipity again with a platform like Clubhouse, where you can just... Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Tilo, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for all your brilliant top tips and insight into that new platform. So glad things are going well at the agency. And um, have a great day and thanks again. Thanks, Maya, for having me. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at notified.com.